0: Time for our second hour roundtable on America can we talk with Debbie George Addis more talking truth about America.
1: And welcome back and again if you're listening in this Christmas season, this very precious Christmas time Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah. So grateful to be able to talk with you and, and really this show uh, being around Christmas time you know it, it seems to just the show really came together tonight to talk about you know not deep heavy into politics, but really just to talk about the celebration, not just of the Christmas season and the reason for the season, but also to celebrate that we live in a nation where the celebration um, of Christianity is is widespread, is is a, a matter of rejoicing. And, to, and what I'm trying to really focus on tonight is how, how important it is to recognize that the great uniqueness of America came about because of the Christian founding, the, the thinking of Christianity in the Founders, um, and so I want to just mention a couple other uh, great quotes. we we're, I'm going to play some other uh, in the upcoming segments. Play some other quotes of presidents and people, other people, their their Christmas time message. But I want to just mention here this um, in this at this uh, time this uh, short segment. Some of the things like the early founders and and you know our founding fathers had to say. Uh, One was uh, George Washington. There was an author who wrote a book about George Washington. He said, who George Washington referred to himself frequently using the words ardent, fervent, pious, devout. There were over 100 different prayers composed and written by Washington in his own hand. This is before he could type. He had to actually write it out. Um, He described himself as one of the deepest men of faith of his day. He confessed to a clergyman, No man has a more perfect reliance on the all-wise and powerful dispensations of the supreme being than I have, nor thinks his aid more necessary. He spoke of Christ as the divine author of our blessed religion. He spoke of the blessed religion revealed in the word of God. He encouraged seekers to learn the religion of Jesus Christ. He even said to his soldiers, to the distinguished character of patriot, it should be the highest glory to add the more distinguished character of Christian. And you know, if you're listening and you're not particularly religious, or you're, you're uh, you know practice Judaism, or you're you know just ardently atheist, it's still a beautiful thing to celebrate about America, and a thing not just to be celebrated about the past, but preserved and and just you know rigidly maintained for the future. Which is the simple truth that all of the the goodness of our founding, the ideas of our founding that create this great country came out of Christian um, ideals and, and came out of the ideals of the Old Testament, too, in Judaism. And, you know, the, it's, it's impossible to replace that um, the value or it's impossible to accurately describe, to summarize the value that gave in creating America. And it becomes really important to realize how strident many of the American left have become to simply drive Christian faith, out of any, uh, any, anything in American society, out of public schools, out of a, a prayer before the beginning of a city council meeting. I mean, all this effort to drive Christianity and drive God out of the public square is completely uh, inconsistent with the freedom of religion, first of all, but second of all, it is really an ignorant um, determination to drive something that has protected Americans in in so many ways. And in fact, I'll tell you an interesting um the you know the bill of rights which we all care about so much you know the first ten amendments of the constitution we have the right to freedom of religion and speech and assembly all those things chief justice earl warren um wrote um and this is you know he's not exactly a friend to conservatism but chief justice earl warren wrote the following um said this um and he um his words i believe the entire bill of rights came into being Because of the knowledge our forefathers had of the Bible and their belief in it, freedom of belief, of expression, of assembly, of petition, the dignity of the individual, the sanctity of the home, equal justice under law, and the reservation of powers to the people, I like to believe we are living today in the spirit of the Christian religion. I like also to believe that as long as we do so, no great harm can come to our country isn't that just stellar and amazing this was you know the supreme court justice chief justice earl warren speaking about the bill of rights that that you know and that the notion that these rights we have in america that you hear so many people on the american left saying i have the right to free speech and i have the right to this and the right to that even the idea they think they have those rights which they do i mean in large part they have the rights they're, they're claiming but they come from the Judeo-Christian tradition of our country, and they're there in our Constitution because of that history. So somehow, you know, this this stridency in the left to drive faith and drive God out of our country and out of our history is inconsistent with what they demand all the time, which is to be just stridently, ardently anti-religion and trying to keep—I mean, they're—, they're they're benefiting from the protections that religion created in our country's history and yet at the same time trying to drive religion and God out of our society. Truly, um, truly just an ignorance of the American, uh, the this, this source of America's history and an ignorance of where their rights come from, an ignorance of why we live in a country that is like that. And so when we come back from the break, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the kind of culture created in America, the culture created in America— by the Christian faith, and I mean the culture of generosity. Lots to tell you. Come right back. Be we'll back in a moment.
2: Attention, Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young Americas Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young Americas Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young Americas Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program.
0: The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed
1: and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. And start saving lives today.
0: Can you hear us
1: now? And welcome back. I'm Debbie George Addis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk? And Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. You know, we've been talking this show tonight. Just, I, I'm just loving doing this show tonight. Loving talking with you about Christmas and the greatness of America. They, they are two very related subjects And what I want to get into uh, in this segment is a little bit about, you know, this, the Judeo-Christian founding of our country and and what it created in terms of a culture. Because America is, you know, uh, widely known, regularly touted as the most generous nation on earth. And part of that generosity, to be clear, um, is a result of the fact that we have the money to give, that we are not, um, you know, that we have abundance and prosperity, which comes from freedom which comes from the ideas in the founding that say that we have the right to freedom and to live our lives, pursue our version of happiness. I mean, they're all intermingled. They're all connected. But in America, we have an astounding record of generosity as a people. And it is in part because we have the money to give, because we're not a starving communist country, and because we are not a, uh, a country where people are impoverished, as in Venezuela, where they can barely even function because they live under socialism and they're impoverished. But even given the fact that we live uh, in a, an abundantly free country, and we are a generous people by, by comparison to any other countries in the world. And I want to just share some of that information with you. I want to just, okay, this is my one slightly political thing I will say tonight, which is Jimmy Carter, typical of the American left, typical of someone who just cannot give gratitude, cannot be honest about the goodness of the American people. Jimmy Carter said in 2004 that Americans are indifferent to the suffering of others around the world. The problem lies among the people of the U.S., President Jimmy Carter said. It's a different world from ours, and we don't really care about what happens to them. This is Jimmy Carter describing the American people. Let me contrast that picture of America with a little reality check for Jimmy Carter and, frankly, many in the American left. And when you think about the themes of many of the campaigns on the American left, they're always about the idea that there's so much suffering in America and so many people are untreated, are treated badly, and that many Americans are greedy and selfish and they won't help each other. And this is why you must send all your money to Washington so the Democrats and the liberals can create more programs and they can spend your money better than you can. This is the goal of much of the left-wing economic and political argument is essentially Americans, a bunch of greedy, selfish, rich people who never help the poor, therefore we have to do it for them. We, the government, must do it for them. And this is hogwash, and it's time more, apparent, more Americans call this, call out this, because the notion of America being not a generous nation is absurd, is a lie. But here's just a, a few little details about that. There was actually a study by some left-wing group that tried to make the comparison uh, of America. Leave aside the impoverished countries of the world that can't afford to be generous. Leave aside the communist countries that are necessarily starving and poor because they are socialist slash communist, so they don't have any money to share. Just compare America, even with Western Europe, which is, you know, largely has, they have quasi-socialism, but they have freedom and they have people who, you know, they have some abundance they could share. So there was an argument by some left-wing group that America wasn't as generous as the people in Western Europe. So just as one little uh, e- example, a little truth introduced to that lie, um, the U.S. Agency for International Development notes that the official U.S. development assistance is about $10 billion Uh for U.S. aid internationally, and this is, these are, I think, a little bit old numbers. I don't have the year. This isn't current, but this is we know in in recent, very recent history. So, ten billion U.S. Um, uh, the U.S. Agency for International Aid Development, but that amount is accompanied by donations by Americans to international sources, people around the world, by about fifty five oh fifty billion with a B in aid from private sources in America. Our generosity as a nation is magnificent. Two people outside America, 50 billion in aid from private sources, foundations, religious congregations, voluntary groups, universities. Um, I mean, just breathtaking level of generosity by America. And, And as a contrast, no Western European population comes remotely close to the U.S., in that level of private charity donation. Okay, on top of that, well, then maybe you adjust for income or adjust for, so even if you do that, even accounting for differences in standards of living, the average Americans in the 1990s gave more than twice as much of their incomes to charity as the Dutch, almost three times as much as the French, more than five times as much as the Germans, and 10 times as much as the Italians even compared to Western Europe, not impoverished communist countries like Venezuela. Okay, same thing with volunteer time. In fact, the data, um, I'm going to read you a few more things just because it's really important to get this. Not just that America is generous, but the generosity in America emerges from our culture of goodness, of brotherly love, of caring for our fellow man, caring for people in the world. It's staggering and overwhelming. Another example. Volunteering rate, volunteering rates between the countries. The best source of data on comparing volunteering uh, volunteering time or, or rates comes from this international social survey program. Uh, this is a little old, nineteen ninety eight, so we're talking twenty year old data, but it's it's been the same long before this and long, and up until now. Um, they focus on volunteering for religious, political, or charitable causes. The analysis of the data shows that no European country reaches comes close to reaching America's volunteer levels. Americans are 15 percentage points more likely to volunteer than the Dutch, 21 points more likely than the Swiss, and 32 points more likely than the Germans. And religion plays a huge role in this. Churches and religiously-based institutions, huge role in the charity of America. And I'm going to read you some more about this. You should be taking notes. And, and when your friends say, well, Americans are stingy, or you hear left-wingers running on uh, saying, we've got to help the poor. Americans are so, are so stingy. American phil- philanthropy is unparalleled anywhere on earth. In the year 2014, so now just three years ago, Americans gave nearly $360 billion, with a B dollars to charity, the highest ever recorded. And it's also important to note that this immense generosity of america is most of it is donated by individuals nearly 7 out of 10 american households donate to at least one charitable cause a year annual average rate about 2600 dollars it is not limited to the you know bill gates foundation although they are very generous as are other extremely wealthy people also very generous but individual americans who don't have a lot of money are still extraordinarily generous and it's and in fact, there's an annual survey of countries around the world, and they 're giving rates and even when you adjust for income, you adjust for how much money you have, America is always at the top of the most generous nations on earth and It matters to know this because <clears throat> this is a a major refuting of the idea that the the path America should take is for a bigger government and more social handout programs and more um you know, more just uh, giving away of of um, our money to the t- tax dollars to the government and letting the government do all the giving. Forget it. The American people will do it, and it makes a better culture when we do do it. The same is true with respect to uh, in America in terms of the volunteering time. I, I mean, just the, the numbers are so staggering. And in fact, you know, I've talked about it in the show before, and I mentioned in my book. I wrote a book uh, called "Ladies, Can We Talk?" Uh, like five years ago. But in it, I quoted some of the um, findings by Arthur Brooks from his book called Who Really Cares, which dug in to find out and to talk about where does American generosity come from? You know, who really gives to the poor and the overwhelming answer in America and his study when he did the research. He was a liberal college professor at the time. He couldn't believe the results. He ran all the numbers twice because he was shocked by the results, which were that the people who do the giving, first of all, America is extraordinarily generous, time, money, giving blood. And the people within America who do the giving are conservatives, Christians, members of the Jewish faith, people who are people of faith, are extraordinarily generous people. Looping back, what we've been talking about tonight in this conversation about America at this precious Christmas season, we live in a country filled with generous, good people and because of that we have a generous good noble nation and it's important to claim that for ourselves to not buy into the left-wing picture of what you hear you know the Democrats in Washington the, the liberal candidates running on the platform of you've got to give more money to Washington let us do the generosity let us let, let us take your money away Americans are extraordinarily generous and and that generosity is is it, it feeds a culture of loving your neighbor, caring for your neighbor. It it feeds the the beautiful culture that America has of loving your neighbor. And this picture of a divided country, of a a country that doesn't care about each other, must be rejected by Americans of all backgrounds, races, and religions. So we come back after the break. I have two more uh, great uh, little clips from U.S. presidents about Christmas time and one at Thanksgiving time. So when we come back, we'll hear from George W. Bush and then eventually again, Uh, President Trump, be right back.
0: Faces a choice. The path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas. For 27 years, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all. The Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country based on liberty, free enterprise, and personal responsibility. Whether informing the national
1: And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live so join the growing movement find out more at joinheritage.org that's joinheritage.org
3: there's a lot of talk today among media and academia in our culture about everything that is supposedly wrong with america political correctness tries to dictate that we must stop thinking that america is exceptional america's bravest have our back in the air at sea and on land but who has america's back in the culture In schools, on cable television, in newspapers, it's time to end the greatest prejudice on earth, anti-Americanism. And who makes the case for America? Flag does. Flag is the foundation for liberty and American greatness. Flag has America's back on the cultural battlefield.
1: And welcome back. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk? And Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year. So glad you're listening tonight. Okay, so we have been talking tonight just about this beautiful Christmas season, the generosity, the goodness uh, of America, and really how there's just so much more love between Americans, among Americans, Of and I will add in here, of all religions and faiths and ethnicity and races, America's a nation It's one of the most beautiful things about the founding of America. We weren't founded on, you know, one, um, we weren't founded on ethnicity, on a skin color, on a race. We were founded on these precious ideas, as we're talking about tonight, wound and woven into the scriptures and taken from the scriptures and and developed into a concept for a country in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. But this is why all of the um, effort in America to have Uh, hyphenated American groups and battle between hyphenated American groups is so antithetical and so wrong, so just incorrect in terms of being uh, really what America is and what it should stand for. And it's a a very, very sad thing in America when we have the hyphenated groups of Americans criticizing other hyphenated groups and, and pitting themselves against each other. It can never lead. All of that hyphenated America battle can never lead to unity it can't lead to progress. It cannot lead to a country that comes together. It's an absolute impossibility to have the kind of hyphenated American battles and also have the liberty and, the, and the, the greatness of America that comes from unifying around ideas. The higher idea of America is not one race or ethnicity beating out the other one. The best and only right idea of America is the idea of Americans coming together under the founding ideas of our country. The declaration ideas, the notion of rights from God, that we stand up for each other and we, we care for each other. This is the hope of America, is that we're, we don't have to be like other nations, people pitted against each other based on race and ethnicity. So with that, I want to tell you, there was a, I just couldn't, re- I wanted to play this for you, this really precious clip. Um, this is President George W. Bush. And it's actually, even though we're playing at Christmas time, this is a Thanksgiving uh, clip. But he, uh, as many of you know, made a surprise appearance uh, to our troops, our U.S. troops in Iraq in the year 2003. And it was just, I wish you could see this. You'll hear it, but I wish you could see the video of how excited and happy and, I mean, the smiles on the faces of these American soldiers were so precious. But anyway, let's play uh, clip four George W. Bush.
5: And invite me to dinner. The troubled and violent part of the world by helping to build a peaceful and democratic country in the heart of the Middle East. You were defending the American people from danger, and we are grateful.
6: kind of leadership,
4: stand in front of the soldiers and you get the reaction that we got. Uh, they trust the leadership. It's very
6: inspiring. Great. I think these soldiers appreciate him showing up. I think that uh, his words
3: uh, ring true. Uh, I think they understand what he was saying. Uh, they understand why they're here. It was a great effort.
1: And, okay, that was getting a little noisy. I hope you can still enjoy it. If you could watch this, in fact, if you go to YouTube and just Google George W. Bush, Iraq troops, 2003, Thanksgiving, it'll come up. <clears throat> Excuse me, it'll come up, and it's really precious to watch because none of these soldiers realize that he's there until they're about to read the presidential proclamation, and it, it's just so uh, precious and good. And they're just they're so happy, and they're you know shaking his hand, and and you could tell there's just that love of of uh, the this president and uh, his love for the troops, and so you know, we only have a, in this segment. I'll just go. I want to go back to one thing I was talking about earlier: the generosity of Americans to wrap to to wrap up this notion of it was a very generous thing President Bush did to go there. The generous American people are profoundly generous. One other thing, just from uh, one year, this a few years ago, um, there were nearly um, the economic impact of nearly. 8 billion hours of service. This is 8 billion hours of service in one year by Americans. 8 billion hours of volunteer service, community service, by 63 million Americans. And they someone could estimate that as having a worth of something like $184 billion. And I want to contrast that with the, the, the society created by the loving Christian culture. And I, I really do include Judeo-Christian culture in this. Contrasted with Anne, she pronounced his name. Ayn A N Y. Ayn Rand, you know, the famous author, huge libertarian, uh, who said essentially her view on views on charity are very simple. I do not consider it a major virtue, and above all, I do not consider it a moral duty. Uh, Left winger John Steinbeck, author, said um, he disdained philanthropy, giving as a selfish pleasure, and in many cases, a downright destructive and evil thing. I don't know why he said all those things. But I really do think, I point them out to say, there's a difference between the culture of libertarianism, which is, you know, just leave me alone, I leave you alone, there's no moral founding, no moral basis for government, uh, and, and America is not a libertarian country. We have a libertarian uh, political candidates and parties, and that's fine, but the culture that created the profoundly generous America is a culture based in the Love your neighbor as yourself, which actually exists in the Old Testament in Judaism, too. Loving your neighbor, caring for your neighbor, looking out for your fellow man. These created a culture of—beside that Christianity created this, earlier I mentioned, this culture of you have rights from God, so even loudmouth liberals have a right to free speech. This notion of a society created—it it resulted in such a good, noble, virtuous, generous society comes also from the Judeo-Christian roots of our country— One more segment. President Trump coming up.
4: America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit firstliberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now.
1: And welcome back. I'm Debbie Addis. This is America Can We Talk. Merry Christmas. Hope you're having a wonderful Christmas season and um, happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. You know, um, I, I, the show tonight really feels special to me. I've just enjoyed doing it. Enjoy talking with you. And I do have one more clip from a president coming up. President Trump, our current president. He just had his first uh, this year, his first lighting of the National Christmas Tree and his first uh, remarks to Americans about that. And I, and I will get to that in just a moment. But I, you know, I, I always think about after my show, I have some friends just always take notes during your show. You know, I, the reason I want to focus on all this tonight and um, not just, I did actually contemplate. So I just play, find some Christmas music tape and just run that for two hours. But you know, there's always, uh, you know, but the show, my, my radio show is just dedicated to preserving America, to embracing and protecting the exceptional identity of America, understanding why it's exceptional. And we talk so many times about because of the rule of law, the separation of powers, individual rights, the concept of federalism. We talk about national defense. We talk about all the issues that that will make America safe and wonderful and important and worthy of preserving. But really tonight's topic or tonight's conversation is just about the core of the founding. And it was these Precious founders who decided we're going to overthrow the idea that all we need to do is come to a new country. Maybe we get a few different laws, and we, we, uh, but we get a new king and we put in place again rule of kings and the monarchy. And we just it was a radical thing to found this country. And it is a and it have been an important thing, as I mentioned, 300 Supreme Court cases or 300 cases, including many of the United States Supreme Court, have acknowledged America's a Christian nation and again, if the takeaways, if you're the note takers, the notion that saying that America is a Christian nation does not exclude anyone. It means the ideas of America, which cannot be changed by modern scholars. The ideas of the founding came from the Judeo-Christian ideas and uh, people lamenting that America is no longer a Christian nation, that they're wrong, even if no one was going to church anymore, which is not true, but even if church attendance was diminishing or people's belief in God was diminishing, the ideas of America itself come from the Bible, come from the Scriptures. And that's a, a good thing. It is not exclusive. It doesn't leave people out. It, the, and reflected in the Supreme Court uh, comments I read to you earlier in the show, recognizing that the Christian ideas in our founding make America available, free, safe for everyone whether you are whatever faith you're in or if you have no faith at all or if you're just ardently antagonistic to faith and to God and to place of God in American society, these ideas of our founding protect you. And these ideas that came from the Bible gave rise to the Bill of Rights. The whole notion of rights we have come right from the Bible, from the notion that individuals created by God have rights from God, period, period. So I just, I, I the show is a just um. A, uh, you know very to me, very important vital message about the importance of Christianity in america and and our willingness and it 's become kind of trendy for some conservative politicians to say well you know i 'm really just running on fiscal issues i 'm just on you know, small taxes that 's it that 's me, and you know they 're important i mean many, many issues are important, but to not be able to be honest about the roots of America deprives Americans who hear those kind of candidates, it deprives them of a fuller understanding of why America is exceptional. And before I go off, I I need to thank our sponsor of the show, and then we're going to play President Trump. I do want to thank the sponsor of this show for whom I'm just extremely grateful. GC Works is a sponsor of America Can We Talk? It's a Dallas-based company that performs research and advanced technology and delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. Very, very grateful for GC Works. And with that, I wanted to uh, play—President Trump had his first Christmas message this year, and uh, I'm going to play that, and then we'll talk a little bit more about what he had to say. So, here comes President Trump.
6: Now I'd like to introduce a man who loves our parks, loves our military, and loves our country. The man who brought Merry Christmas back to our nation's capital. And you did, sir. It is my high honor to introduce the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, and our beautiful First Lady. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. This is a great honor and it's something very very special i also want to thank for doing a fantastic job right from day one secretary zinke thank you very much secretary today's a day that i've been looking very much forward to all year long it's one that we have heard and we speak about and we dream about and now as the president of the united states it's my tremendous honor to finally wish america and the world a very merry christmas in 1870 president ulysses s grant signed legislation making christmas a federal holiday and i sort of feel we're doing that again that's what's happening from the earliest days of our nation americans have known christmas is a time for prayer and worship for gratitude and goodwill, for peace and renewal. Melania and I are full of joy at the start of this very blessed season. We're thrilled to think of the people across the nation and all across the continents whose spirits are lifted by the miracle of Christmas. For Christians, this is a holy season, the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Christmas story begins 2,000 years ago with a mother, a father, their baby son, and the most extraordinary gift of all, the gift of God's love for all of humanity. Whatever our beliefs, we know that the birth of Jesus Christ and the story of this incredible life forever changed the course of human history. There's hardly an aspect of our lives today that his life has not touched art, music, culture, law, and our respect for the sacred dignity of every person everywhere in the world. Each and every year at Christmas time, we recognize that the real spirit of Christmas is not what we have. It's about who we are. Each one of us is a child of God. That is the true source of joy this time of the year. That is what makes every Christmas merry. And that is what we remember at today's beautiful ceremony, that we are called to serve one another, to love one another, and to pursue peace in our hearts and all throughout the world. And so tonight, I thank the millions of Americans who light our lives and brighten our wonderful communities. I thank those who are serving the needy during the season and throughout the year. I thank our military men and women who are stationed around the world keeping us safe. I thank our law enforcement officers who protect our streets and secure our homeland. I thank America's teachers, pastors, and all those religious and those people that have taught us so much for their leadership in our communities and our society. And especially tonight, I thank America's families. At Christmas, we are reminded more than ever that the family is the bedrock of American life. And so this Christmas, we ask for God's blessings for our family, for our nation. And we pray that our country will be a place where every child knows a home filled with love, a community rich with hope, and a nation blessed with faith. On behalf of Melania, myself, Barron, all of my children, all of my grandchildren, they're here with us tonight. I want to thank you. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you.
1: So there is our message from President Trump this Christmas season. And I love getting to play that. I love that it happened before we did this show. And, you know, in closing tonight, we just have a few minutes left here. I really want to um, just encourage you to... um, Remember how important it is for you to be uh, messengers about America, messengers about America, and uh, be the ones who stand up for the character and quality of America, our culture, our society, recognizing how much of, Amer- of the goodness of America is under assault in various ways uh, in this country. And so another thing I uh, want to share, two other quotes from founders that I thought had a great kind of Christmassy message. Uh, One was from John Hancock, signer of the Declaration of Independence, president of the Congress, revolutionary general, governor of Massachusetts, and he uh, said, sensible of the importance of Christian piety and virtue to the order and happiness of a state, I cannot but earnestly commend to you every measure for their support and encouragement. He called on the entire state to pray that universal happiness may be established in the world that all may bow to the scepter of our Lord Jesus Christ and the whole earth be filled with his glory. And one last thing from George Mason, a delegate at the Constitutional Convention, father of the Bill of Rights, said, I give and bequeath my soul to Almighty God that gave it to me, hoping that through the meritorious death and passion of our Savior and Redeemer Jesus Christ to receive absolution and remission for all my sins. Now, you know what, folks, this is and says, my soul. I resign into the hands of the almighty creator whose tender mercies are over all his works. You know, I, this show is, is usually this show is, is um, really dedicated to preservation of America. And many, many important ideas make up the preservation of America. But this Christmas season just offered a very special opportunity for, to us as Americans to remember that. The, the great society we, we celebrate, the, the liberty, the freedom, the abundance, the prosperity, the goodness, the generosity of America has its roots in the founding ideas of America. And so we're going to wrap it up by saying again, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year to everyone. And I'll talk to you next week. It'll be New Year's Eve next week. Talk to you then and tune in every week to America Can We Talk. Great talking with you.
0: Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to americacanwetalk.org. America Can We Talk, Truth About America.